listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Week 3 is now in the books and just like that we are nearly a quarter of the way through the NFL fantasy football season. Hope you won your matches, hope you are still undefeated, but uh, I, I assume um, probably most people aren't. But don't forget, if you are 0-3, that all is not lost. And unfortunately, I'm 0-3 in my home league and starting to freak out a little bit, but uh, going to keep going to keep on rolling. But to recap the Week 3 games, to look ahead to Thursday Night Football, uh, Vikings at Rams, which should be a good game, to give you a little look at who, uh, who to pick up on waivers this week. We're joined, obviously, by Lee Wakefield, our co-host. Lee, welcome you in. How, how did your fantasy weekend go? Uh, a bit of a mixed bag for me. Um, so yeah, one in some, lost in the others, um, which is it's generally, for me, been a good week for me so far. I hope it's a mixed week, it's a good week. I've not mm. had the best start in fantasy for me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously we're in Dynasty League together, which I'm doing very well in, uh, but my home league. But the one that probably means the most to me, uh, 0-3. Um, obviously, uh, again, similar in week two, I think I mentioned Bob Sib losing to that last minute, that last second uh, Russell Wilson t- touchdown to yeah. lose by a couple of points. I also lost on the uh, the Mike Evans last couple of minute touchdowns there to lose as well. So that wasn't that was not great. Um, so, yeah, kind of, kind of being dealt a rough... A rough hand, but I didn't score very well this week, so I didn't really, uh, didn't really deserve to win. But yeah, anyone out there that is zero and three, don't give up. Keep on going. You can still take, you know, you can still feasibly make playoffs. So, you know, and you know, be a, be a credit to the league. Keep on, keep on playing because you know your your performances affect the whole, the whole landscape of the league. So yeah, keep keep on tracking. Uh, things will turn around, and if you even if you end up not not in twelve or not in thirteen, depending on how many how many weeks you play, there's always next year. So um, with that in mind. Let's uh, recap the week three, Lee. Lots of storylines, which we'll go through as we go through the games. Uh, none more so in the New Orleans Saints Atlanta Falcon games, one of the games of the week. 80 points were shared. Uh, went into overtime this one. Saints coming away with the win. Obviously, the Drew Brees, I think, touchdown sealed the game there. But a good step for you to start off the show, Lee. Only uh, Matt Ryan and Eli Manning, the only two players ever to have 350 passing yards, five touchdowns and no interceptions and to lose. Uh, and but in both of those instances, it was to Drew Brees. So I suppose that's a testament to how good uh, Drew Brees is. But also, what the kind of the Saints' uh, offense has, has probably changed a little bit from from last season. Obviously, they run the ball a lot last season. Uh, Alvin Kamara struggling a little bit on the ground, um, and you know, Drew Brees, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, is, is there to be relied upon. Obviously, like he has done in years past. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was it was a good game. This one, um, actually, yeah, there were quite a lot of high score. Well, it was high scoring, quite a lot of back and forth as well. Mm. Uh, nine lead changes, I think it was in the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Going back to the start, yeah, no, it's a really good start. It's around with one we said uh, last week for Derek Carr, with mm. his lots of high efficiency rating. It's kind of like a a bigger, better version of that, really. But yeah, testament to Breeze, obviously the shoe in for Hall Fame in his first ballot. Um, mm. But yeah, no, Matt Ryan was unlucky actually. Both quarterbacks were really efficient in this uh, this play, uh, this game. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, whoever came off in that overtime was gonna whoever came off and losing side in overtime was gonna be really unlucky. Yeah. It was a really good game. Yeah, Saints obviously coming away there with obviously the big, the big divisional win, which could mean a lot come uh, week sixteen, week seventeen. But uh, I suppose this was the game that Calvin Ridley announced his uh, his presence on the NFL stage. 146 yards, three touchdowns. Um, obviously, the Falcons still don't have any any red zone worries at the moment. Obviously, Julio Jones still does, but Calvin Ridley had himself a nice game. 
Yeah, definitely. Like you say, a big breakout game. Um, he sort of made Julio Jones look like the number two wide receiver. And I think, uh, yeah, there's a few yeah. jokes been knocking around. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, you know, Atlanta have now found their wide receiver two yeah. in that in Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was really good, really good to see Ridley. I uh, obviously mentioned him last week. Uh, his route running ability and his uh, his speed, and he, we showed that in, in bunches uh, on the weekend on Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really nice to see that. Really nice to see him come out and uh, get the three touchdowns as well to just put a cap on it. Yeah. Obviously, it's great to get yards, it's great to get catches, but if uh, if you don't get in the end zone, it's kind of soured a tiny bit. But yeah, no good to see. Yeah, I'm sure Julio Jones' fancy owners can attest to that over the last uh, one, well year or so. Um, yeah, yeah, I think the one thing that Calvin Ridley does do for this team uh, is it, it helps Matt Ryan a lot because you know obviously having that that extra threat there. Obviously, Mohamed Sanu did it to a point last season, but it just shows that you know no longer do the Falcons need a run game. Uh, obviously, no Defonta Freeman, uh, Tevin Coleman again struggled on the ground. I need 33 yards there on his on his carries. But just shows obviously Kevin Ridley being there, they can they can just go straight to the air, and obviously Matt Ryan, you know, then the Falcons game doesn't doesn't suffer if there's no running game there, which like quite a lot of the teams that we go through here, quite a lot of teams are struggling to run the ball at the moment. Yeah, um, like you said a minute ago, um, obviously it, it was quite kind of all through the air, wasn't it? Um, Alvin Kamara was bottled up a little bit in the first half, especially, and then uh, Kevin Coleman didn't have a great game, so both. Both of these teams usually run quite a two-headed beast, yeah. uh, obviously with Freeman and then Mark Ingram out for the same. They were sort of limited. Um, Kamara came back in the second half and obviously got quite a lot of uh, yards through the air, uh, showing his versatility. But yeah, no, it was, a, it was a struggle on the ground a little bit for both of these teams. Yeah. One team that didn't obviously have struggles on the ground on Sunday with the Washington Redskins. Adrian Peterson, 120 yards, two touchdowns as they take care of business against at home against Green Bay Packers, 31-17. to 17. Obviously, Adrian Peterson had a, had a bit of a poor week too, but returned to form obviously this week and obviously now has a bye. So you'd assume that he'd be quite fresh for week five as well. So maybe expect a good performance out of him there. But Aaron Rodgers obviously still dogged by that, that leg and knee injury. They also kind of struggled. The weather wasn't great in this one. Um... I suppose to many it wasn't really a surprise that the Packers maybe lost this game. Obviously they now dropped to one, one and one. Um, but Redskins improving to two and one, and obviously banishing the the bad performance last week against the Colts. Yeah, I think um, just going back to sort of referencing our last podcast, I think Alex Smith must have been listening. He obviously <laughs> heard me calling Captain Checkdown, yeah. and then his first touchdown pass was a forty-six yard to Paul Richardson, yeah. just to give me. Uh, me to be so to speak yeah, uh, yeah vintage AP uh, on a couple of runs as well you know got a couple of touchdowns and he looks like his old self obviously not going to see that the whole time um, but yeah these Packers are giving up quite a lot on the ground they're quite decent uh, through the air at the moment defensively you know mm. with the young cornerbacks that they've brought in yeah. but yeah um, I think lost Mo Wilkerson as well to an injury season yeah. and the injury so that's not going to get any better yeah. but uh, for me the main talking point from, from this one is uh, when Clay Matthews is going to murder a referee <laughs> so obviously he's got a Another roughing the passer call, which is you know a little bit contentious. Mm. Um, a, you know both both these ones that we spoke about, these both just normal textbook tackles that you'd expect someone of his experience and skill to make. Uh, if they're going to call these, they might as well rebrand as the the no defense league, the NDL instead yeah. of the NFL. Yeah, it's just going to make the make the game uh, uh, you know unplayable. They're just going to protect the quarterback too much. Yeah. Uh, I think quite a lot of players have outspoken about this now. I think Richard Sherman had a bit to say about it on Twitter, uh, a couple of players as well. Yeah, uh, yeah so we need to sort that one out, really. We've mentioned it before, we'll probably mention it again. Yeah, it needs to clean up the league. 
Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Mike McCarthy was quite going out of the sideline as well, reminiscent of me when uh, someone doesn't leave any water in the kettle at work, to be quite honest. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, yeah, I I literally thought he was going to throttle the guy. Uh, Mike McCarthy was, uh, he did well to to maybe not um, be be arrested for GBH. But um, yeah, I mean, it's quite ironic, obviously, the rules brought in on the back of the injury to Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews seems to be uh, picking up these each week. Um, the interesting, obviously, storyline from the Miami game, which we'll get onto a bit later, but obviously re- re- relating to the to the same rough in the past type stuff. Um, so we'll get that we'll get to that when we when we cover the Oakland uh, Miami game. But yeah, moving on. Obviously, uh, the Redskins on the bye next week, as are the Panthers. The only two teams on a week four bye. Um, yeah, I suppose maybe some eyebrows raise, obviously, whenever the Packers do lose. Obviously, it's their first defeat of the season. Uh, but I, th- I think for the Packers' offence, they need to get Rodgers healthy. Um, whether that means take him out for a game um, you know, against maybe a lesser team. No disrespect to some of the teams. I think they're at home to Buffalo next week. Um, but the, but then again, you know, that, yeah. that, everyone thought everyone thought that yeah. when they rolled into Minnesota. Um <laughs> But let's get let's get on to that game. Obviously, Minnesota, the biggest the biggest upset in NFL history, I think, in God knows how many years or decades. Uh, Buffalo, the defense, my God. Um, I mean, all you need to the, the one state to take out of this game is the the biggest uh, rusher, the highest amount of rushing yards for a Minnesota player was Mike Boone, eleven yards there for for Minnesota. But Buffalo got ahead early in this one. Defense was mean, and Josh Allen hurdling uh, one of the Vikings defenders was was probably the highlight of the game. And Kirk Cousins was in negative points uh, for fantasy for three quarters, uh, and this was all without Sean McCoy. Uh, obviously, Buffalo had a lot of uh, decent field positions with the fumbles and the interceptions, but um, no one, I, no one. Uh, no one saw this coming. Survivor pools everywhere probably finished yet in week three. Yeah, this is obviously going to have destroyed quite a few people's betting for the weekend. Perhaps they they you know put on a bit of an accumulator. Uh, but obviously, it's it's shady McCoy is obviously the problem. Trade him, cut him, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Obviously, uh, he's a great player. Um, but yeah, they're, they're racing to another lead. Josh Allen looked quite comfortable. Started. Um, yeah, rushing. So that's how, that's how they sort of kind of got him back into the game against the Chargers. Maybe they just expanded on that. And yeah, like you say, hurdling Anthony Barr, that was quite an eye-opener. Mm. And they were playing good defence as well. They were causing turnovers. They were hurrying Kirk Cousins. You know, they got into that early 17 nothing lead and then just extended it to 24-0. Maybe the Vikings were a bit complacent yeah, because uh, the turnovers just continued in the second half. And it was quite a comfortable win in the end for the Bills. Yeah, that was. Obviously a surprise to everyone. Yeah, I mean, even at like twenty-one up, the Bills, you think, okay, they've still got three, two, two and a half quarters still to go. You think they'll they'll turn it around, but my God, absolutely nothing. The Bills, Bills defense were all over that offensive line uh, of the Minnesota Vikings, and obviously, I'd, again, in the NFL, I don't really expect people to uh, to teams to overlook certain fixtures, but obviously, they have the Rams coming up on on Thursday night football, so maybe there was a bit of complacency there, and obviously, you know, considering what the Bills have shown in the first couple of weeks, maybe they thought they just had to turn up which is always a dangerous game in the NFL. Um, let's move on to the Colts at Eagles. I feel like the Colts kind of missed out here. They could have taken this one if they if they really wanted it. Um, Andrew Luck, um, they, they had opportunity first and go, I think, from the 11 or even you know, even short, I think maybe from the seven-yard line, but obviously penalties pushed them back. But uh, the interesting one, obviously, end of the game, Jacoby Brissett uh, was the guy throwing the Hail Mary at the end of the, end of the game. Uh, and also, a stat I've picked up here is Luck, Luck, Luck's average air yards per pass is only 3.4 yards, which is worst in the NFL. So, obviously, there's, there's something not quite right here with Andrew Luck, but I still think that the Colts maybe should have won this game. 
Yeah, it was a close one, wasn't it? Closer than many expected. Um, yeah, like you say, there's possibly something lingering with Andrew Luck. Maybe the, the, he's out there for his brain and his mind more than his arm at the moment. Uh, maybe he's still working back to full health with that shoulder. And yeah, the telling thing, like you say at the end, is that Jacoby Brissett was there heaving it up in desperation rather than number 12. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his, his uh, yardage total wasn't great. You know, he, he was... 25-40 for a Dak Prescott-esque 164 <laughs> yards. Um, but yeah, no, they kind of sort of, I feel like the Eagles kept them at arm's length to be honest. Uh, I feel like they could have broken away at any point, but it was a bright spark, bright spark on the defence of the Colts with Darius Leonard uh, mm. getting a couple of sacks, five tackles for loss. Mm. It's like a nice pickup in the second round. Um, flipping it over to the other side with the, the Eagles, um, I spoke about Zach Ertz and just them having to funnel everything for him. Maybe I picked the wrong guy because Dallas Golder, uh, seven target, seven catch and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and he was equal with uh, Ertz for 73 yards. So mm. a lot were going through the tight ends in Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah, obviously they're depleted. And Alshon Jeffrey, I know, is nearing a return. I think Dallas Goddard will probably be um, probably be relevant whilst Alshon Jeffrey's out. And you know, don't chase him really in fantasy uh, unless you're really desperate or it's a really deep league. Maybe you'll get one more week out of him. Uh, but yeah, no, Zach Ertz is the guy. I think Zach Ertz was targeted early by, by Carson Wentz. Um, but yeah, no, Dallas Goddard is, is more than capable at the time position as well. Uh, Wentz did look a bit rusty. I didn't think the offense was were actually that great. That um, went 16-13 to, to the Colts. There was a fourth, big 4-4 fourth four play, uh, which went which fell incomplete, but was uh, then the, the drive continued because of a defensive penalty. I think it was holding uh, defensive holding. Um, which kind of then led led obviously to the Eagles the touchdown that that drive could have stalled on on many a point uh, so it's a bit annoying that uh, the Colts couldn't couldn't see that one out but then you know even then they they still got into a position late on to to hail it into the into the end zone so yeah maybe maybe because I'm anti Eagles and I hate them um, but yeah rose, rose, tint, <laughs> rose, tint, rose tinted glasses but I think the Colts maybe should have should have picked that one up maybe on another day because when when's coming off the big injury as well looking rusty you know you're not going to get those many opportunities I think they've got the Titans next week the Eagles so um, yeah judging by that game and I'm not sure the Eagles yeah, will, will struggle too much showing a little bit more life than expected as well yeah yeah. Okay, moving on to uh, Raiders at Dolphins. Yeah, so obviously, like we mentioned about the uh, the Clay Matthews hit there, roughing the passer. Uh, William Hayes, uh, one of the pass rushers for the, the Dolphins, actually tried to get out. You know, he took he took down the uh, the quarterback Derek Carr, but because he tried to then get out of the way to to stop getting a roughing the passer penalty, he actually tore his ACL um, trying to get out of the way and spinning away from you know, to not put his full body weight on there. So it's actually quite worrying that you know some of these guys are getting injured because of this new rule, and it's certainly something that needs to be to, needs to be cleared up. But moving on to the game, the game itself. Obviously, there's a couple of crazy plays in this game. Albert Wilson tossing a 52 yarder to Jakeem Grant, who I think actually has the most targets in this offense. Um, for for Miami, I, I can't remember if I'm recalling that one right. It might be just uh, is it? I, I can't remember, but I, th- I think I heard somewhere in, in the vicinity uh, he has the most targets in this in this uh, offense. Kenyon Drake, my word, bad game for him. Five attempts on the ground, three yards, two receptions for seven yards. Not quite sure what he's done to to deserve that. I'm not sure if Adam Gase uh, doesn't doesn't like him, but um, Dolphins coming away with a win here, twenty eight twenty. Yeah, quite quite an odd game to be honest. Um, yeah, the Finns came out with it in the end, uh, uh, despite like you say getting nothing from their like primary rusher in Kenny Drake. We all started off with Jordan Nelson uh, spinning it back to two thousand and four. Mm. Yeah, uh, just like John Gruden wants to. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
know, he went big in the in the first half for a couple of big plays, but couldn't quite make it to the end zone uh, on the catch and run. Yeah, 62. Um, but yeah, the only, Raiders, after all that, the Raiders were only up by seven, um, and they didn't really cash in on those big plays very much. Hmm. Uh, and then, like you say, the, the, the Finns came back, and they replied with the Kenny Stills bomb of their own, and then obviously you've got the Albert Wilson throw, yeah. Suja King-Grant. Um, one thing I noticed on this, um, the Finns scored, I think, three touchdowns from like reverse plays, yeah. The first one we've seen, uh, which was to Keem Grant, I think, yeah. um, was on that really popular fly-sweep play that we've seen quite a lot, where the quarterback takes it in shotgun and then just sort of flips it right in front of him for someone yeah. to run to. Yeah. Uh, after you've been running week three, and we've seen multiple touchdowns scored by that now, yeah. you know, it just shows that perhaps the Raiders are learning, uh, especially make, not making adjustments on the fly. Uh, Gruden there is, obviously, you need to get back and watch some tape. Um yeah, um, so that was that. And then you've got Xavier Howard making two picks as well, which was another big storyline from this game. Um, I heard on Listen to Move the Sticks, the podcast. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, um, I heard, you know, Bucky Brooks, he, he said that Xavier Howard's moving into top 10 range in the, uh, the cornerback rankings, which I think is a bit rich for me. Um, I'd say he's ascending, but yeah, just just thought I'd throw that one out there for maybe people to sort of think of, uh, generate some opinion, perhaps. Because mm. um, one was on a, a, a pick, the first one was one where Amari Cooper just gave up on the route, and then the second one, Cam Wake, was hitting car. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe a bit of a manufactured turnovers rather than one where he's actually made a big play. Mm. But yeah, the Finns came out there, they've got three a 3-0 record now, and uh, obviously, statistically, it's obviously a really high percentage team to then go on and make the playoffs, which is interesting in you know a division where the Patriots are not the best of starts and uh, everyone's expected it to be you know the other three teams not really making the playoffs. And if if anyone was going to make the playoffs, it'll be you know battling out for a wild card with the rest of the conference. Yeah, absolutely. I think I saw some betting today. Um, I think these are Vegas odds, but I think Patriots have now gone into one to three to, to win the division. Obviously, they start off at like one to twenty, one to twenty-five, and I think the Dolphins are into like three or four to one, which was quite interesting. But yeah, Dolphins uh, play at at New England next week. Obviously, that would be quite an interesting game there for the division if Dolphins somehow come out and win that one. My God, it's, it's wide open. Um, and then the uh, the talk of the dynasty dying is going to be in full flow. Let's move on to two other teams vying for a playoff spot. Broncos going down to the Ravens, 27-14. It's pretty much a game that the Ravens controlled, to be quite honest, from what I saw. Uh, Joe Flacco still still chucking it around and taking advantage of, you know, the defence wasn't didn't seem to play that great for the, for the Broncos. Um, and yeah, say so Flacco still, still showing good form going into week four. Yeah, I think he's had a bit of a pilot under his backside by the, uh, the drafting of Omar Jackson, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah. Good reason as well. Um, I was talking last time about not really fancying the Ravens. But yeah, you are right. They did control this one um, from start to finish, really. There's a few exchanges of touchdowns in the first quarter. Uh, Freeman, then Collins required, then Sanders came back for the Broncos, mm. then Buck Allen just took over. Yeah. He got a couple of uh, touchdowns, uh, one in the second quarter, then one late. Uh, one thing that I took from this game was that um, despite only catching a couple of balls, Mark Andrews, the fourth round tight end, uh, he looked a far better prospect than the first round tight end that the Baltimore took in Haydenhurst. I mm. uh, just think he looks like a better route runner and he's got better hands and he showed um, good athletic ability leaping over the defender, uh, hurdling him uh, in, on his first catch. Mm. Just don't see why Haydenhurst was drafted uh, you know, before and so it's looking mm. at the evidence in this game. Yeah, I, th- I don't think Haydenhurst is not due to it. He's not back yet. Is he from injury? 
No, he's not. But yeah. you know, you're thinking, you know, how much better than Mark Andrews is going to be. You know, and he, he got he, he got him three rounds later. Mm. Just from that perspective, really. Yeah, well, you know, you know what the Baltimore Ravens philosophy is like a bit tight ends. You, know, you can never have too many. Um, it's like me with packets of crisps, to be quite honest. So, um, yeah, they, they like, yeah, they've got Nick Boyle. We've got uh, is it Max, uh, Mark Andrews, and Max Max Williams, isn't it? And Hayden Hurst. You know, there's, there's more than enough there. They, I think they usually like more tight ends than they do wide receivers. But to, just to, just to mention on the wide receivers, there, actually, they've all actually performed quite well, and it's quite interesting. I think Ozzy Newsom came out and saying, "Look, I, I don't know how to draft, draft a wide receiver." So. It's it's quite good that obviously in his last season I think he's given up the given it up soon isn't he or has already given it up to then go out into free agency and pick up three solid wide receivers who you know all had question marks coming into the season uh, have all performed solidly well John Brown continuing that great chemistry with Joe Flacco uh, leading the team I think in receiving yards as well again this game and seems to be a viable fantasy starter each week now. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, just going back to those wide receivers. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I really didn't like um, the Ravens moving this season because I just thought they just signed a sort of ragtag yeah. a clan of receivers, just uh, you know, castoffs. I didn't think it'd work. But yeah, they've all performed relatively well, especially John Brown. John Brown seems to be having himself a mm. pretty decent start of the season. Crabtree coming up with a few catches. Yeah. Not too much from Willie Sneed so far, but he's sort of like the auxiliary uh, to those two main guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so- no, it's worth it so far. Yeah, I mean it's all about health with those guys. So hopefully they can stay, they can stay healthy for the Ravens. And obviously some, you know, obviously fantasy owners there that may have taken a late dart throw on John Brown, uh, who I have in one or two leagues. Let's move on to the Bengals at Panthers. Uh, this was quite an interesting game as well. I quite enjoyed this one. AJ Green uh, left the game with a hip injury. I don't think it's going to be so too serious, but uh, certainly allowed the platform for Tyler Boyd to not announce him, necessarily announce himself, but show what he can do. Uh, on the other side, Christian McCaffrey just shows what kind of a dual threat he does. Last week, obviously, did it through the air. This week, did it through the, on the ground, 184 rush yards there. My God, that's quite a lot of rushing yards. Um, obviously, Mixon uh, for Bengals, I think it has an outside chance of coming back next week. Uh, and Tyler Eifert, I think it's worth mentioning, obviously, his health. He's, he looked pretty good yesterday as well. Obviously, still injury-free, it seems, through week three. But Panthers getting this one done, 31-21. to 21. Yeah, it was a bit of an upset from, from my money as well, because obviously the Bengals had a great start to the season. Uh, yeah, like you say, McCaffrey and uh, Cam Newton as well on the ground, as yeah, well, pushing yeah. for two touchdowns, finishing those, uh, those drives off. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, Tyler Boyd on the other side stepping up, uh, six catches, 132 yards and a touchdown. Um, little self plug again. Obviously, I mentioned him on the last podcast as a, a bit of a waiver wire. So, obviously, if you pick him up, then send me, you know, any drinks, money, anything like that. <laughs> you want to give me a reward, a shout. We'll set up a crowdfund page. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's what we should do. Actually, set up crowdfunding crowd tips and yep. our uh, uh, tips. But that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we pay people out when we give bad advice, though. No, 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 definitely we'd, not. We'd, we'd end up we'd end up bankrupt. Yeah, one way street. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, just <laughs> on to the negatives for the Bengals. Obviously, you got you see Andrew Dalton throwing three picks. Uh, sorry, four picks. Mm. For yeah, um, and obviously that regression regression to the mean. Um, you know, he's had a great start season. Uh, a bit above his uh, sort of usual uh, level of play, and is he sort of back on the downwards slope uh, moving into week four? Mm. Well, I guess we'll see in the next game, uh, which is against the Falcons, I think. So, you know, maybe a chance yeah. to bounce back against yeah. defense, which is a bit short handed at the moment. Yeah, that 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 one I've certainly got circled there for a high scoring uh, high scoring game. So yeah, should be fa- plenty of fantasy points in that game uh, like there were in, well, the, like there was in this one. 
let's move on to uh, one of the more surprising results. Uh, not quite Minnesota Buffalo style, but Texans going down at home, twenty-seven to twenty-two. There, um, yeah, Sean Watson had himself a bit of a day. Um, Three hundred eighty-five yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins both getting touchdowns as well. But um, Giants coming coming away with the uh, with the victory here. Yeah, they did, which is a bit of a surprise again to everyone. It's a bit of a theme of the week, actually, that, you know, getting a few surprising results. Mm. Um, I think this was a bit more comfortable than it looked. So I think um, yeah. there was quite a lot of points in the fourth quarter of uh, Houston. Yeah. Uh, maybe the yard that we just spoke about, the Watson, Fuller, uh, Hopkins uh, came in those late stages as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Barkley got on the board. Um, is that his first touchdown? I'm not 100% sure. We got, got one early. A nice 15 yarder. Um, and then the bad news, though, for New York, obviously, is that Evan Ingram has gone down with a knee injury after only catching one target in this game. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, got to keep an eye on that. He's yeah. a big possible fantasy contributor for a few people, including myself. Yeah. Um, and But Rhett Ellison came in and he, uh, he uh, brought in a touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, filling in for Ingram. So, yeah, keep an eye on that one. Maybe a bit of a deep dive there if Ingram's out for a prolonged period of time. Yeah, I mean, Engram is, uh, to fill in the blanks there, is considered week-to-week MCL sprain, so he's likely, more than likely going to miss uh, next week, if not the, the week after. Um, yeah, Ellison maybe shouldn't be picked up in extremely, unless it's in uh, extremely deep leagues. But just one other, other, other note to come out of this game, JJ Watt uh, secured his first sack in two years. Uh, obviously got two in this game, but he's he looked like he had the pace back. He looked like the old JJ Watt of old, so hopefully he's another one that can, can stay health um, on the right side of the health, um, right there, and obviously help that that Houston te- that Houston Texans team come back from zero and three. Obviously, statistics are not great on on teams that go zero and three that we that that go to the playoffs in that season. But um, who who knows? But yeah, interesting to it's hard to, hard to know what to make take out of this game. Obviously, two seemingly poor teams. Um, so yeah, yeah, again, party poop. they will probably be party poopers in the division games when they when they come around. Uh, but these two, I don't think, are going to be troubling the playoffs, uh, the playoff wildcard position. No, Texans no, showing a bit of a, a bit disappointing, really, to see them start like this. Quite yeah. a lot of people backing them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, maybe well, maybe even some people even going the extra step, extra step and backing them for the division. Mm. You know, couldn't be me. Yeah. But I, you know, but I didn't do that. But yeah, uh, quite a lot of people did. So yeah, quite a lot of disappointing people out there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, uh, and a, a lot of a uh, lot of talking of disappointed people. If you watched the Titans Jaguars game, you would have been very, very disappointed. Um, I don't think any no touchdowns in this game. I don't think all, all field goals. Um, so yeah, for, yeah. The, for the people that love kickers, yeah. this was a game for you. Yeah, well, I did say it was going to be tight, didn't I? You know, <laughs> in a divisional game. Um, yeah, I, I believe that no team actually got into the red zone until the third quarter of this game. Oh. I was sold by someone else. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, quite an odd, quite an odd game. Super conservative uh, play, but yeah, the Titans win another close divisional game. Yeah, uh, and there's only one turnover in, in the game as well, so people really weren't letting it fly. I was a bit shocked that Marcus Mario was in. Um, you were saying previously that you know he's got his elbow injury and he can't uh, feel his fingers uh, for parts. Um, and you know how, how is he playing with that? How can he feel the ball? It's mm-hmm. a bit strange. Maybe uh, a reason for low scoring, and the other reason was probably just play balls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Mariota came in. Uh, concu- uh, Blaine Gabbert was concussed. I think I had to come out of the game, and Mariota, Mariota came in. So, yeah, just a hundred passing yards for Mariota. One hundred fifty-five for Blake Bortles. L- literally, not not many yards in this game. Not many. You know, obviously, not many points either. Um, so, I think I think apart from the big the big uh, 
divisional win there for the Titans, obviously following up from their win against the Texans last week, I think it was, um, yeah, it obviously puts the Tennessee Titans in a stronger position than maybe many would have thought with the Mariota injury. And also, obviously, the, the Titans haven't really been playing very well the opening three weeks of this season. So, you know, if they maybe catch catch fire a bit later on in the season, obviously these two wins here in the division over the last two weeks, um, you know, will, will be vital for them to, to maybe win the division or get a wild card there over maybe one of the other divisional rivals. Let's move on to uh, 49ers at Chiefs. Obviously, big news out of this one. Jimmy G is out for the season. I think they, they fear he's, he's done his ACL. So he joined the long list of players that uh, have also got that injury this season. But Patrick Mahomes, uh, as Fred, Fred Durst would, would say, keeps on rolling. Um, another, another couple of touchdowns, three touchdowns for him, 314 yards in the air. Chiefs absolutely demolished 49ers, 38-27. Yeah, tail of two quarterbacks, really. First of all, obviously, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I'll put the question to you, is that, is that the 49ers season over, yeah. do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I think it could be. Yeah, uh, it's a real shame to lose, lose someone like that to injury. Yeah. Um, but then again, it's 49ers versus Chargers next week, and we don't have to face Jimmy G. So <laughs> quite happy about that. Yeah. Uh, quite about that. I'm not too happy about is the fact that Patrick Mahomes is going to be in our division for the next ten plus years. So <laughs> that was that's fantastic news, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he's, he's like just a good at the moment, isn't he? Um, as Watching uh, you know a little bit of this, and he looked like Michael Vick on one particular, you know, scrambling around the mm, right. That was a dart, wasn't it? Launching down the field, yeah, for a big completion. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he looks really good. Um, yeah, so looking forward to facing him for the next ten years. Mm. Like I say, a bit of a breakout game for your your boy George Kittle, uh, catching five of seven, little mini breakout, mm. almost hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite interesting actually because uh, CJ Beathard, or as I like to call him, CJ Beat Hard, which is what the 49ers will be, <laughs> what the 49ers will be getting for the next 13 weeks. <laughs> 13 weeks. Obviously, yeah, I think they went to the same college, didn't they? Yeah, so, uh, and certainly in the in the games last season, Kittle was was heavily targeted by Jimmy Garoppolo. So if if you've got a, an owner out there in fantasy that obviously has seen the Jimmy G news and you know is somewhat down on on George Kittle because of that, I was overreacting. Maybe go and try and trade for him, especially in PPR because he could get funneled with targets. Uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin dead, Pierre Garçon dead. It was actually quite uh, lucky 49ers didn't come out with another injury there to Matt Brady. Obviously went down with a bit of an ankle foot injury, uh, non-contact injury, but was able to come back. Uh, I think he had 10, 10 rushes for 90 yards in the end there. So that was a bit more fortunate news. Maybe they needed a, a, a bit of good news considering Jarrett McKinnon's gone out for the season and now obviously Jimmy G as well. Be interesting to see the next two, two fixtures for the Chiefs. <clears throat> Excuse me, is... Um, Obviously, Denver on Monday Night Football, I think, is next se- uh, next week. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays against that defence. But then the week after comes his real test where he plays uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes out of those two games. If he's still coming out firing, um, my God, there's there's not going to be enough uh, space left on the bandwagon uh, to, to jump on. But certainly... <laughs> Certainly, obviously, we said at the start of the season their their opening schedule is brutal, and obviously to maybe fade Patrick Mahomes. But my God, he's come out with in, with flying colours. Yeah, he has definitely. Um, if yeah, if they come through those next two, you know, and they're still undefeated, I think uh, my bet with you is one, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, we'll have, we'll have to start. So when when it gets near the season, we'll we'll try and get a forfeit in place. Um, we'll, we'll get the we we'll get the listeners to decide uh, what what that what that might be. Um, let's let's move on to the uh, the the LA Bowl, I suppose it's called uh, the Chargers at the Rams. Chargers, I thought, kind of 
didn't do themselves, uh, you know, didn't show themselves up. They kept it close, quite competitive. Maybe a few things here or there, and then the result might have been quite different. But they kept up with the Rams. Obviously, the big play being the uh, Derwin James interception coming out of the end zone and stopping at the one, which then led to a three and out, and then a blocked punt in the end zone for for a touchdown. I think was probably the main play, the main play that kind of decided this game. But how, how did how did you felt the uh, the Chargers fared in this one? Yeah, that was a big one. Obviously, we discussed it just before starting recording. Um, and then there's there's a couple more things. Obviously, a couple of fumbles there for the yeah. Chargers. Yeah. One in a really big uh, moment where King Allen had got a reception, like we were starting to roll, and uh, yeah, he fumbled and yeah. it just got to give the Rams the ball back, and we just couldn't stop them all game. It was really actually, if I took my Chargers hat off just for a quick second, but just uh, to watch Sean McVay's offense just just work, and it works so well. You know, they got over 500 yards of offense. Yeah. Offense. Yeah. Jared Goff was really, really efficient with long strings of completions, and they just they just looked like they could score at will. It was only a couple of turnovers, and uh, I think they scored on they were in scoring positions for all but two of their drives. Mm. I think yeah, Johnny Hecker only punted a couple of times, um, and they missed a field goal as well. So just just incredible efficiency, really, and yeah. the way they do it with um, you know quite a lot of trick plays and just quite a bit of college offense just to keep Jared Goff sort of in his comfort zone. Yeah. While he's operating, it's just really impressive, and um, yeah, we just we just couldn't really keep up with them at the end. Couple of couple of bright spots though was Austin Eckler, um, still great. We've got to get him more touches, and then uh, Mike Williams. Obviously, you've been banging drum for all season. Mm. He looks really good. Got a couple of touchdowns, and one of those on a, a big fourth and two just keeps in the game at that point. Yeah, uh, it looks like he's really grown into his role this season. So yeah, uh, look out for him uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of injuries on the defensive there side for the Rams. Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib, who I think needs ankle surgery. So it'll be interesting to see how long they're out for. Um, but I think it's, it's safe to say that all the Rams games probably just go over on the total points. Jared Goff, uh, like you mentioned there, it's actually going about his business quite quietly and it's bit, he's a bit under the radar, which is unusual for someone that might, you know, that are now Super Bowl favourites. But, um, you know, that, that offence is so efficient that all the... All the wide receivers there are, you know, viable fantasy starters. Robert Woods having a couple of touchdowns. Cooper Cup got a touchdown. You know, Brandon Cooks getting the yardage, and obviously then you've got the multi, uh, the multifaceted Todd Gurley who can do it in the ground and on the air as well. So yeah, it's really, you know, it's really an offense you want a piece of for, for fantasy. But even just to watch uh, them in motion, uh, you can, you know, they're they're undoubtedly the the favorites for the Super Bowl at, at this point. Just be interesting to see how those those injuries on on defense affect them. Obviously, because it's a star-studded defense. So when you start taking a couple of pieces out, you know, have they got the depth? So I'm sure they have. Just to, just won't be one to to put Mark and, and come back to. Maybe obviously a big test on Thursday night against Minnesota. Um, so we see how that that maybe that one fares. But um, yeah, Ram, Rams worthy favorites and best offense, best defense uh, in the league. All right, let's move on to the uh, Dallas Cowboys um, vanilla ice cream of an offense <laughs> against the Seattle Seahawks, losing twenty-four to thirteen. Oh my God, this is um, actually yeah. To be fair, I, I, I really fancy Dallas in the in the to bounce back against uh, home to Detroit next week, but that's uh, that's for next week anyway. But here's a stat for you, Lee: Seahawks have no touchdown in their opening th- opening drive for thirty-two consecutive games. So I thought that was quite an interesting stat. That isn't, yeah, that is a lot of games, mm. really. I mean, sorry, 32? 32 consecutive games, yep. Two years. Wow. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, two seasons. Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. It's really shocking, actually, especially when you've got like a top quarterback there as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, yeah, just a couple, a couple of bits on, on this game. Not really much through the air, uh, as expected. They're not really right passing teams. Uh, Doug Baldwin obviously still missing for the Seahawks. But Ezekiel Elliott, 127 yards on the ground. Chris Carson, 102 yards on the ground and touchdown as well. And, yeah, I mean, Seahawks controlled this one pretty much throughout. Sean Lee uh, has injured his hamstring. Uh, in other news, grass is green and the sky is blue. Um, <laughs> but both teams fall into one and two. Uh, and again, both probably struggling to make the playoffs this season. Any anything to take out of this game? Probably not. Um, just what, <laughs> probably not trying to move it on really quickly. <laughs> um, just just a little question, just to you, just quite a simple question: Is Dak a bad quarterback? Is Dak? Well, this is the thing, right? So, I, I think I saw a stat somewhere that he's not actually attempted a pass with more than fifteen air yards. So I, I think it comes from the coaching personally uh, and, the, and the personnel. So yes, he's not the most accurate quarterback. He's, he's, a, he's a shadow of his rookie self. But I don't think he's a bad he's a bad quarterback. But he's not been given the chance to show he's a good one. No, I, I don't think. I think that's true. Actually, mm. I mean, they also uh, he's just he just I don't know. He seems a bit worse. Um, you know, he only threw 170 yards yeah. uh, or less in all three games. Yeah. Four touchdowns, four picks. Mm. He's done for less than 500 yards in the whole season. Mm. Just for comparison, Alvin Kamara at the moment, uh, obviously he's not the greatest start of the season himself, but he's on pace for around the same all-purpose yards as Dak at the moment. <laughs> Very good. Very nice. Um, Which, obviously, not something you want to be saying about your quarterback, is it? No. No, I mean, it's... I just a... think... No, go on. I was just going to say, well, I think one thing I think about Dak... Um, I think he doesn't really elevate those around him. I don't think he raises the level of his teammates. No. I think yeah. he relies on having a really good offensive line and having Ezekiel Elliott to run through those gaps that he makes. And he can be auxiliary to those two yeah. units or yeah. those two yeah. things about the team performing yeah. at a high level. Yeah, I mean, he talk, he's always talked a good talk. He, ne- he never really walks the walk. He does with his legs sometimes and takes it, you know, when he takes it. He grit takes in, grits it takes uh, takes the game into his own hands. But uh, it's it's with the coaching, you know. The coaching's like you know. I don't need to go on this podcast once again and talk about how you know how lack of creativity we have. We don't have any imagination. We've got players like Tavon Austin there that are just asking for something creative to happen. And you know we've got a mobile quarterback. Um, but yeah, until until someone chops Jason Garrett's hands off so he can't clap anymore i don't think this team's going to change very much um but just to give you an indication on on you know drive get, scoring drives you know arizona the wor- are the worst team on scoring drives only scoring 9.7% of their drives 31 drives three with you know three ending in a score minnesota was surprising the second worst 37 drives with only eight scoring drives but then dallas a third with 33 drives only eight of those are scored you know drives where they score which is just under 25% um and that just that just shows you you know being compared to arizona just being in the same category as arizona says all you need to know about the offense uh, and you know, unfortunately it's going to be like that for the next couple of years. It's, it's, it's just going to take us phasing out everyone else's everyone's contracts, just clearing the whole lot out. Um, I, you know, Dak, Dak, Dak uh, I think is in a contract year this year, uh, in the sense of you know needing to extend him. I wouldn't actually be surprised if we go in the draft next year and pick up a quarterback. There's a couple of teams. You know, there's not many teams that need a quarterback, but I wrote a couple of down to, today: uh, Tampa Bay, New York Giants, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Chicago. If you know, I can see scenarios there plus Dallas in which you know they, they, they these teams might need new quarterbacks next season because if that if the thing the thing that I fear most is without going on a rant on like as if I'm on a BBC Two show <laughs> uh, be, with with Jeremy Vine um, 
what I fear is Jason Garrett, Rod Marinelli and, and all the rest and Scott Linehan and all the rest of them are going to stay there and they're just going to keep Dak there because they like him and it's, it's more of the, the yes the yes culture that Jerry Jones likes and it's just going to be putrid vanilla ice cream offence for the next five five to ten years and I, you know, I can't I can't see it changing because I can't I can't see Jerry Jones wanting to change it because that's he can beat he can he can bang the table all he wants but Unless he starts getting rid of Jason Garrett and he's clapping hands and Rod Marinelli and Scott Linehan, it's not it's not going to change because we don't have the wide receiver core. We, we we have the running game, but it's 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 all talk and it's no show. You know, Dak Dak's not leading the team. He's not he's not elevating the players like you say. He's not he's just talking the talk, saying that he's putting the hard work in, and I'm just not seeing it on the pitch. And we're we're just not good enough, and it's not going to change. So that's my rant over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. You said, you said before I start, and I think you're well on your way oh, at that well point. On my way. Yeah, well on my way. Doesn't take much. Doesn't take much. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry um, about that. No, that's all right. That's all, all you got. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to keep going. But um, yeah, like I say, I, I think we'll bounce back next week. A uh, bit of a bit of a overreaction maybe to Detroit's win which we'll get to shortly and obviously Dallas is lost but yeah we're not we're not great on offense defense is still fine but it'd be interesting to see how Leighton Van Der Esch steps up with uh, Sean Lee going out with a hamstring injury um, we'll be saying that for the next couple of years as well so let's move on to another couple of putrid offenses Chicago Bears um, stealing the win I suppose a little bit here against the Cardinals who went you know I think they went 14 14 nothing up uh, early in this game David Johnson managed to get into the end zone, as did Jordan Howard, but not a lot of offense in this one either. Yeah, no, I, like, like I said, I quite, I'm quite a big believer in, in what the Bears are doing. I think they'll get there eventually. Because, yeah. unlike, just going back to what you were saying about Dallas, I think they do have the head coach in place. Yeah. They've got an innovative, offensive mind, whereas, you know, like you say, Dallas have got a clapper. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, just to go back to what you were saying, I think that's that's the root of the problem. That's, and I don't think you, I think you're right, the Cowboys won't get better until you get rid of him. Anyway, on to the Bears versus the Cards. Um, the Cardinals are just bad. They're probably like the worst team in the league at the moment. Uh, Josh Rosen came in for the last four minutes of the game mm. and he's been named a starter now yeah. uh, for their next game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit worried about him as we move forward because obviously he's got that offensive line uh, to just contend with. Um, but the new era starts now and he's got to, like, he's got to get his experience somehow. Uh, they probably want to take their lumps, move on to next season and mm-hmm. put things in place around him in the next off-season. But half the battle is having the QB, and obviously they've got that. So it's going to be it's going to be uh, interesting moving forward. But yeah, I think he's going to get beat up, and hopefully for their sake, he doesn't mm-hmm. re-injure a shoulder that we saw have uh, on the shoulder from UCLA. Yeah, when he was in tight time there. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, a, a Bears win, but by a much narrower margin than we expected. Uh, probably because their offense isn't clicking into gear at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did say I said on the podcast with Adam uh, that it was a bit of a trap. It was a bit of a trap line. I might have been with you actually. I said it a bit of a trap line. I think it was plus five or six, wasn't it? And it almost I said yeah. they're, be- they're begging you to take the Bears. Um, obviously, that, that came to fruition. But yeah, I mean, Josh Rosen's a funny one. That's another strange decision. Steve Wilkes, obviously, his first year head coach. But why not put Josh Rosen in last week when you're getting thwarted by in, and walloped by the Rams? Why why put him in the two minute drill there? And then also another decision is why are you putting Chase Edmonds in on a on a fourth and two or third and two with the game on the line, um, mm. and then you're not putting David Johnson on the field? What's I don't understand. That's just yeah. You know, you, you, what are you trying to do? You're you trying to do a Dallas or something? Are you trying to do a Jason Garrett? I'm not I'm not quite sure. They're trying to outdo each other maybe. But um, yeah, obviously <laughs> Rosen Rosen starts now. So obviously all the the top four. Quarterbacks picked in the draft are now starters, and we're only at the end of week three, which I think was probably 
uh, quicker than I thought many you know, than many would have thought. Um, so that what that does do is it opens up quite a lot of the prices on the offensive rookie of the year awards, uh, which we'll probably maybe talk about later on this week or later next week next week because it opens up a lot and there's quite a lot of uh, value there now because everyone's in play. Yeah, it does. Uh, obviously, it is. Yeah, I remember us speaking uh, quite a few months ago now, um, probably just after the draft. And uh, yeah, we didn't think any of the quarterbacks were going to play for quite a long time, especially no. not this many this early. Yeah. You know, I think we maybe the consensus uh, was maybe like one to start the season. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it'll be gradual throughout, if any. And I'd, personally, I didn't think um, a couple of them would play at all. I didn't think uh, Mayfield would play at all this season. Mm. I thought that they were going to stick uh, Redshirt and stick with Tyrod no matter what. Yeah. Um, that's not uh, happened. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it's been surprising all around, really, with these rookies. But, yeah, maybe it opens it up, uh, gets rid of a few sort of conservative and limited veterans in the league and opens up to these new guys, these young guys who might be able to sling it around and cause a bit more excitement around the league. Yeah. If you, if you had to pick one of the four quarterbacks to be Offensive Rookie of the Year, who would you go for? Can't bet against Baker at the moment. No, nah, yeah. I was hoping you were going to say someone else, then we could have had another bet maybe. But yeah, no, Baker Mayfield's in prime position for it, isn't he? So obviously you've got Saquon Barkley still there running back for the New York Giants. And Calvin Ridley, I saw, got a lot of money obviously on the back of his performance for Atlanta against the Saints there. But um, you'd, you'd fully expect now that all four QBs are in play that it would go to one of those. But um, we, we'll wait and see. Uh, obviously, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Josh Rosen changes this offense, but there's a lot of problems there in Arizona, and it's not just the quarterback that's the problem. It's the offensive line and probably the play call in there uh, as well. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Sunday Night Football then. Patriots going into Detroit and coming away, licking their wounds. Matt Patricia getting one over his uh, his former mentor. Uh, it was quite interesting, actually. I th- is it probably just a case of Matt Patricia maybe knowing what was coming from the Patriots? Perhaps, but we expected it to be the way around, didn't we? Both of us were talking about Bill Belichick not going easy on you know his old understudies, his old coaches. Uh, but yeah, uh, the yeah, what is it? The pupil becomes the master, so yeah. to speak. Um, yeah, no, it's quite a shocking one. This in a week of shocks. Um, yeah, my quick big takeaway was that the Patriots didn't look, especially defensively, they didn't look at it at all. No. Um, Johnson became the first Lions rusher uh, to get 100 yards in yep. 2013. Yep. And obviously, Bill Belichick won't like that. He would probably know that stat, and he's probably a bit embarrassed that's come up against his defense. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's probably not going to be. He's probably not going to be best pleased. Um, Kenny Golladay looked really good. Yep. Uh, he was one that I've picked out since I've watched a little bit of this game back. I think he's developing into a real weapon for Detroit. Yep. And. Um, the killer blow was struck from for Detroit by uh, Darius Slay, big play Slay, uh, ceiling interception. Yeah. He's still one of the most underrated and least talked about players in the league for me, and criminally underrated, um, should be mentioned in the same breath as all the top cornerbacks for me. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny Golladay, there you say. He's actually started lining up in the, in the two wide receiver sets as well, so... Uh, he's certainly a viable fantasy starter going forward week to week. Um, you can lock him in, load him in. Uh, Marvin Jones had another touchdown in this one. Like you say, Kieran Johnson, 100 yards. He's going to start coming to the fore. I don't think you can particularly be safe with him in fantasy until LeGarrette Blunt is um, is out of the picture. But Tom Brady, 133 yards, one touchdown. He did not look comfortable all night. Um, obviously, the Lions pressure got to him all, you know, every 
every so often uh, and it just shows you once you knock Brady off his perch he's actually quite human uh, and the Sonny Michelle coming out party that I predicted didn't quite happen but I think that was more due to, due to game script so we'll we'll do, uh, postpone that until uh, Miami next week I can see Michelle going for probably 200 yards next week uh, I expect better chick and the Patriots to bounce back yeah, de- oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm just looking up who they play next week. My, oh, they play the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I expect that a big divisional game. Belichick won't want to lose that, especially after coming off two losses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be big. Mm. I'd be hugely shocked. Yeah, that'd be... That went, um, yeah, uh, could be a 50-burger there for Patriots, maybe, on by and putting it on Miami. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps. Um, you know, it's a bit of a false um, sort of position that the Dolphins are in for me. Obviously, they've got quite an easy schedule. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Dolphins fans, if you're listening and disagreeing with that. But I think you've had quite an easy schedule, and I think that's the reason why you're 3 0 rather than being actually a really good football team. But yeah. We'll see. Obviously, if you knock off New England, yeah. then uh, make me eat my words again. Well, if they, if they beat New England next week, they go to 4 0. Obviously, Patriots drop to 1 and 3. So, you know, they, it'd be, um, they wouldn't have many better chances to take the division for the first time in God knows how many years. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see that game. Obviously, the handicap line will probably be double digits, so I'd have thought. Maybe, maybe a touchdown. To, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the early lines yet, but it'd be interesting to see. I think New England could put a whopping on uh, on Miami there, but we, we shall see on that one. Uh, rounding us off then, Monday Night Football, Steelers uh, at Buccaneers. Steelers pretty much in control for this one. Don't don't necessarily look at the scoreline and think it was a close game. It wasn't really. Uh, Ryan Fitzmagic um, didn't appear till the second half. It'll be interesting to see actually how many points, fantasy points you'd get for Sam Bradford's first half and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's second half. Um, be, would be quite a lot, I think. But Ryan Fitzpatrick becoming the first quarterback to throw for 400 yards in three straight game in three straight games so I, I wondered if that's why he maybe did all the picks so he could um so he could get that accolade maybe but um Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers quite quite fairly comfortable in this one Vance McDonald obviously with the beautiful stiff arm for the uh, for the long touchdown yeah Ben Ben seems to just share it around uh, he got quite a lot of receivers involved um but yeah another huge game for uh quote-unquote number two wide receiver obviously julia uh julio jones was playing second fiddle to calvin ridley yeah and uh juju smith used the fourth antonio brown into a bit more of a secondary role mm. uh, another superstar there uh letting his young buck take over take over the game juju going well over 100 yards mm. um so that was good to see uh, i think he's another wide receiver is developing into a really really big weapon yeah uh, so the picks just know how to develop these people Obviously, Brown was a, a late round pick. He's Belton's obviously, in my opinion, the best uh, wide receiver in the in the game. And Juju Smith-Schuster, just another one of these players that they've got hold of um, and just developed a uh, lookout for James Washington in that regard, I think. Mm. Yeah, one, the one takeaway I take from, from the Smith-Schuster's good uh, opening three weeks is obviously Le- there's no Le'Veon Bell there so you know, there's extra targets to go around so I just worry that uh, obviously Le'Veon Bell's not going to be coming back obviously the G- the, Jet- the Jets have been interested in maybe trying to get trade to trade for him but although no Le'Veon Bell's I- I opened up a few targets and obviously they've gone to Juju and he's thrived in that um, James Connor I thought was quite interesting that uh, he's kind of downward trending a touch obviously on the ground not as efficient as he was in week one maybe he's just buckling under the workload a little a little bit and might break down at some point so just beware there but yeah I think Juju Smith-Schuster is more of a more of the beneficiary because of no, no Le'Veon Bell's not there and obviously James Conner's not as much of a catcher out of the backfield or as talented as Le'Veon Bell 
So just just be interested. Yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad thing for Smith Schuster. Obviously, he's taken he's got the opportunity and taken it. So uh, he's obviously lock him and load him each week for fantasy. Um, but it might be just because of the beneficiary there of Le'Veon Bell. It's, it's kind of my take from that. No, I think you're right. I think it is because of, because of the increased sort of target share through the air for everyone, and he's taking advantage of that. And it's going to be great for his development. Um, and he's he's probably going to win more trust from Mike Tomlin and the defensive coordinator and Ben Roethlisberger as well and that can only lead to more targets in the future even when and if they get a bell back which obviously probably isn't going to happen or another top running back to replace him eventually yeah yeah okay so that's all the week three games in the books let's move on to a bit more fantasy related stuff so waiver wise but just before we do just want to give you a couple of uh, there's a couple of guys um, for fantasy in, in all the th- first three weeks of the season there's only one, two, three, four, five, seven there's only nine players that have been top 12 scorers in their position for all three games so I'll just run through those the quarterback Ryan Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick obviously and Patrick Mahomes no surprises there uh, the running back position Todd Gurley uh, Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley uh, Saquon Barkley was, was a surprise actually considering how you know he scored a couple of touchdowns but he's not really done much on the ground um, wide receiver position Michael Thomas and Mike Evans again no real surprises and tight ends for what it's worth Zach Ertz and Carl Rudolph uh, top 10 top 12 scorers each position there all three games uh, of the fantasy season so just gives you an indication there who's who's performing there at the start of the season again can all change within a couple of weeks and just to give you your leaders in terms of yards uh, the quarterback position most passing yards Fitzpatrick 1,230, Big Ben, 1,140, Drew Brees, um, 1,078. All the other QBs are actually under 1,000 yards, which was partly a surprise, I suppose, but Fitzmagic leading the way there. Uh, Rushing, Matt Brader and uh, Ezekiel Elliott both have 274 rush yards after three weeks. Christian McCaffrey uh, is rounds us out with 271. And at the wide receiver position, uh, most receiving yards, top three, Michael Thomas, 398, Mike Evans, 367, and uh, the aforementioned there, Juju Smith-Schuster with 356. So they're your leaders. So let's look on to week four then. So fantasy football, uh, any of you, have you got any waivers, Lee, for, for week four to pick up? I do. I've got a, I've got a few. I've got a variation of positions as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, first off, that's that position. Obviously, we mentioned him a moment ago. He's uh, been named the starter. Why not get Baker Mayfield? Yeah. He came in on Thursday night. He was hitting it around. He looked confident. He looked competent in the offense. He looked like he was commanding the huddle. He just looks like a winner to me. He just looks like a, a guy that I'd really like to have on my team. Yeah. Um, and I think he's the boss on everyone around him. I think he's going to bring that mentality that he's always had. Um, to the Browns, I think that's only going to be good for them, him, possibly your fantasy team if you take his advice and get him in there. Mm. They've got a nice matchup against the Raiders this week as well. Yeah. Um, so nice, nice soft sort of landing spot for his first uh, start. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I have Baker Mayfield at quarterback as well. So just uh, I'll, I'll start off in the uh, running back position. Javor Ray Allen or Buck Allen is he's uh, more well known as. Um, he's actually probably quite sharing quite a lot of this backfield with with Alex Collins. I'm not quite sure. Alex Collins had the majority uh, last week, but I think Back Allen is is a guy that the Baltimore Ravens trust and keep on going to. So he actually has quite a lot of value uh, as standalone. He doesn't you know, doesn't necessarily need game script to help him out, but he's he's come to the fore a little bit there in the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, running back position. So he's maybe a guy to pick up in maybe in, in deeper leagues if you're struggling uh, and you know maybe you've lost a couple of running backs to due due to injury. Who have, you, who have you got running back? 
Uh, I've got Austin Eckler from the Chargers. Yeah. Um, like I say, we just need to get him some more touches. I think the penny dropped um, usually after about four weeks with the Anthony Lynn. It did last week, last year. Sorry, uh, obviously after we went winless to the first four games, and then he started to make adjustments. Uh, so hopefully you'll start to see that when Austin Eckler's on the field and when Austin Eckler touches the ball, good things happen. Um, I think we'll start to see a little bit of an uptake in him each week. So hopefully that trend will continue. And uh, yeah, he's good through the air. He's good on the ground. He just makes it close to play. He's always moving forward. He seems to make people miss. And then he seems to run through the last guy who tackles him as well. So mm-hmm. that's a great combination for any sort of running back or offensive player in general. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he'd be my pick uh, for running back position. Cool. Uh, any any more of you? Should we go wide receivers? Uh, yeah, I've not I've not got any more running backs. No. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So wide receivers. Then I've got a couple. Uh, they're probably not. Uh, they'll probably be uh, Tyler Boyd is obviously one. Obviously on the back of his his good showing there. Obviously AJ Green is uh, maybe a bit questionable for next week. So Tyler Boyd is obviously a name that's going to be hot off the press this week off of your waivers. But Calvin Ridley as well, if he's also still there. Chances are some people might already have these players. Uh, I don't know if you've got anyone in, in more uh, deeper deeper leagues. Uh, the only well, you've named both the people who I had obviously I had Tyler Boyd. <laughs> last week so I was going to name him but yeah Ridley was the obvious one obviously after a massive game um, he's got that breakout now he's going to um, be looking to make those touches and get those yards each week now um, he's probably going to back and forth between um, him and Julio Jones but yeah. he'll have more good weeks than he has bad I think yeah mm. oh the, and the other name uh, to, to, get, to maybe get off the uh, waivers Cole Beasley I'm of course joking um, let's move <laughs> on <laughs> let's move on to tight end then so a couple of names Tyler Eifert obviously mentioned him Maybe uh, he was drafted in, in most leagues, uh, but if he's still hanging around on waivers, go pick him up. Obviously, his uh, clean bill of health over the first couple of weeks is, uh, is a good sign. Obviously, Vance McDonald's obviously a big play uh, last night against the Temp- uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the great stiff arm there on Chris Conte, uh, effectively ending his career, to be quite honest. But, um, yeah, he'll be quite a, a popular name, obviously, because they're that highlight. But just be aware, obviously, Jesse James is still there. So could be a bit of a timeshare there at the tight end position. Uh, but, you know, if, if you... If one, if one player, one of those guys comes comes to the fore and takes the majority of the snaps, um, obviously you, know, you you could have a lot of fantasy points. I was actually quite tempted to to back Cram and Break for a touchdown last night because he was um, he was quite a big price. He was eight to one with with one firm, uh, but I was I put I was put off because his snap share was actually quite low. Uh, obviously OJ Howard's come to the fore, but um, yeah, maybe I'm not suggesting pick up Cameron Break, but um, I did have a little cheeky look at him last night. He was in my DFS teams. Uh, it's just unfortunate that Vance McDonald kind of outshadowed, uh, overshadowed him a little bit. But um, have you any any other players for you for waivers, waivers week four? Yeah, I've, I've got uh, I've got the tight end. Well, just to go back to what you said, yeah, I would avoid Cameron Break. I think Austin. It's Austin. Um, OJ Howard is going to take over that role now. I yeah. think he's growing to that. Yeah. I think he's not really good as well. What I've seen yes. him, so I would stay away from Cameron Bray. I think yeah. that's going to be uh, sort of an uneven target target share and snap share moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, so my guy is Austin Hooper, the tight end of for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. But he's obviously built into a nice weapon as well for them. Uh, it's going to um, obviously. He's not going to be the star of the offense with the two wide receivers that we've mentioned uh, repeatedly on this episode, but he is sort of a touchdown. Sort of, he does he does like to get a touchdown. I'm not going to say it's a touchdown machine, but he does like a touchdown. They're using quite a lot in the red zone. Uh, they're not going to go to Julio. Um, so yeah, he's always um, a good, decent bet to get in the end zone. Mm. Yeah, like it. Okay, there's your week four waivers. Go and get your bids in there. 
let's, let's look ahead then before we round this off. Let's get out on Thursday night football. Vikings at the Rams. Vikings are 6.5 underdogs. The over-under is 49 at this point. Just to recap, obviously the Rams are likely to be without Marcus Peters and Aqib Dalib there on the defence. I think this is probably, probably a Minnesota Vikings bounce-back spot. Obviously those corners there... Um, being injured, Stefan Diggs, I think, could have a good game. I think this could be an over as well. Generally, Thursday night football games don't go over. Um, but I think the Rams will probably just about keep rolling because how how efficient they've been. And that O-line of the Vikings is terrible as well, so you could get a few sacks. Uh, but I expect a high-scoring game here, so you can probably start pretty much everyone uh, for fantasy purposes in this game. Yeah, both uh, from both sides, I would say. Yeah. Um, this could be yeah, quite a decent game. It's also going to be quite a good game, I think, uh, Thursday night football. Doesn't usually produce the greatest games, as you said, um, especially with points. But I think this one could book the trend. I think it's got a, got a decent game written all over it. It's two NFC, two big NFC teams, two NFC big rivals. This could be a, potentially a playoff game, sort of dress rehearsal. Yeah. Um, later on in the year. Um, yeah, I'll look for the Rams to come out on top. Um, just one thing to sort of a word of caution is that the Chargers don't have the best defensive line, but they didn't. The Rams didn't create a great deal of pressure against their line. So, although the Viking one is slightly worse, I would maybe not expect a sack fest mm. against the Vikings. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, I can see the offense. Obviously, I waxed lyrical about the offense, the Rams offense earlier. Mm. I'd expect them to come out on top with just a, a little bit of an edge. Yeah, absolutely. Any um, anyone out there that has start sit questions, maybe for Thursday night, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. At Full Ten Yards is the uh, is the podcast with the handle, but you can also get in contact with us individually at Tim underscore Monk eighty five for myself and Lee can be contacted on Twitter at Wakefield ninety. But I think uh, Lee, if there's nothing else to say, I think we can probably get out of here. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, cool. good show, good show again. Uh, looking forward to the week's coming games. Uh, Thursday night, obviously, like we say, going to be a good one. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be back on. Uh, Thursday night or Friday to either recap the Thursday night football but to look ahead to the week four games so good luck with all your waiver requests hope you get everyone that you want and again if you are 0-3 and three at this point in the fantasy season do not give up because you can still realistically win the. you can win it all so um, it's a much better story to tell if you go 0-3 and then go and win the whole whole thing uh, but don't give up obviously you owe it to your league, to your league mates to, to, to be fair play consistently and also again you know, don't, don't ruin everyone else's fun um, don't be, don't be uh, a Jason Garrett and just clap from the sidelines. Actually, get involved and get some <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Get some trades. My my advice. Yeah. yeah. Big, get some big trades going. Get rid of the players who've underperformed, even if they're big names. Even if you spent a high draft pick on them, mm. if they're not working, get rid of them. Yeah. And the shout them and be able to work your way back in. Three and O's not not that big a hole. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to all those people on Twitter who contacted me on Sunday for some start, start advice. Um, luckily, I managed to point you in the right direction with yeah, they're mainly Will Filler questions, who are, obviously was quite high on. But if you have any start sits, see if you get in contact with any of us or the 14 Yards podcast Twitter handle, and we'll be happy to answer those uh, every week. We're, you know, we're here, that's what we're here for. That's why we do these podcasts. But I suppose uh, until th- Friday, uh, when we preview week four, We'll speak with you then. Lee, thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you Friday. Yeah, I'll speak to you Friday. Um, just to let you know, everyone, I'm here for the uh, tips and donations for the Saturn 6, not just the enjoyment. Come for the Dallas rants, uh, the D- Dallas Cowboys rants and stay for the fantasy football advice. How, how, uh, probably a good tagline for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yo, that, that's going to do it for the full 10 yards uh, on this Tuesday, 25th of September. We'll see you in a couple of days. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now.
listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com